Welcome to the first episode of The Casuals. I'm Hudson. I'm Jake. And uh, yeah, this is the first episode, so I thought I would explain the, the name of the podcast. And it's based off the fact that uh, people who casually watch basketball and other sports might have a take where it's like Steph Curry's the greatest player of all time or Jimmy Butler is the greatest player of all time or something like that. Some casual take, someone who's only casually watching. And we thought we're kind of like casuals and everything, aren't we? Yeah. So we don't just talk about basketball. Yeah. On this show, we're going to be covering a plethora of different subjects, whether it's politics, basketball, pop culture, Anything music. Really. Depending on who's coming on as well. Like it, it just like, yeah, it depends on who's coming on. Someone might yeah. be a specialist in something. And that's what we'd be focusing on for that day. But we'd really talk about anything, really. That's what we're so excited for with this venture. Just, you know, getting out of lockdown and really getting to work and getting to know people and bringing interesting people onto the show each week. Yeah, exactly. And we're casuals with everything. We don't know a lot about anything, but we're going to talk like we do know about things. And that's what the casuals do. That's what casual fans do about everything. They, they, they showboat that they might know everything. We're going to talk like we know things, but we're definitely not going to know everything. And that's what's going to help with people coming on as well. They're going to teach us. The moral equivalent to this show is posting your opinion on your IG story. <laughs> exactly. Whatever Doing... opinion you have, whether it's posting a picture, if you're out at lunch or you want to get political, this show is the moral equivalent. Yeah, this is the moral equivalent of uh, doing that little Twitter post with, with a couple hashtags just so you can get it trending. Um, yeah, so that's basically what this show is going to be about. And um, we're going to cover heaps of things. And we want to cover a little bit over the election because it's kind of happening at the moment. Um, and yeah, like other things, lockdown, stuff like that that's happening. Yeah, so I think with the election just happening, yeah, Jake... I was very intrigued to get on today and talk to you about his thoughts on what transpired and what's in store for the future under President Joe Biden yeah. and what it means for President Australia. President-elect. President-elect. Exactly. We don't know for sure. Technically, we don't know for sure yet. Things still need to be recounted in some states and stuff like that. Did you, did you uh, watch much of it? Actually, I was a pretty casual viewer. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Like I had the news on and I was like, you know. What news were you watching? What channel? I had I had Sky News, so I'm a complete novice in regards to just keeping up. And Sky then, News is probably the worst one. I know, dude. I was flicking between CNN and then like, you know, wouldn't even bother with Fox. And then I was trying to read up a little bit. But yeah, I think in regards to my knowledge about the Electoral College and what actually transpired with the vote, votes and why trump isn't conceding yeah i think just it would be great to get some insight on what exactly happened yeah yeah um do you want it from like day one like of the actual election yeah just run through so i'll just run through like at the start of it basically especially in australia i don't think they cover it very well on any of the news channels i don't think really anyone knows too much what they're talking about basically from the start we knew, or when I'm saying we, I'm talking about the intellectual casuals um, who do their research. Um, we knew that the election was pretty much going to be called on the Saturday, even though the election started pretty much on, I think it was like Thursday morning. Yeah. Or no, Wednesday morning, maybe. Um, but yeah, we knew it was going to take three or four days solely because of the specific laws in each state with the mail-in ballots. Um, so some states basically banned it, so they weren't allowed to count the mail-in ballots until after they had counted the ballots that had came on through the day, like from the polling station, like if you went in and just dropped in your ballot. Some states, they counted those first and didn't count the mail-ins until after. And so there was a fear with a lot of um, uh, progressives uh, that Trump would basically do exactly what he did, which was it would look like he's winning in all these states because the mail-in ballots had to be counted afterwards. And it basically gave him a way to basically call it a hoax and then suddenly massive amounts of uh, Democrat mail-in ballots came in. Um, and that's just because mail-in ballots in general were majority... Uh, they were majority Democrat. Uh, I think it was like in most states, 73 
70-40 split. And then other states, even Pennsylvania, the last couple ones were like in the 80%. And like, I think one of them was like, uh, you know, there were ones where it was like 30,000 to Biden, 2,000 to Trump. Yeah. Like some crazy ones. Um, and obviously to people who don't look at that kind of stuff and just look at Trump on the TV saying, uh, saying like saying it's a hoax because it's all cut. Look, they're all Democrat now. I think I even saw something on Joe Rogan's one where he was like about the election. He was like, there's something fishy though. Like you can just, you can tell that. And to the untrained person, like it would look fishy. Because it's just like all these Democrats votes coming in. But the whole thing is, is Trump put out a rhetoric where he said mail-in ballots uh, were fraud, fraudulent and stuff like that. So he basically got the Republican base to not do any mail-in ballots, most of them. Even though Trump himself has used mail-in ballots for the last like 20 years. So he was calling it fraudulent, like even though he was doing it the whole time. Um, but yeah, kind of just... Yeah, it just happened, and a lot of people got uh, overhyped way too fast. So think, it's just yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you finish. No, no, no. no. Like interject whenever you want. I don't want to ramble on for too no, long. No, dude. So I was gonna say, um, maybe interject all the time. I want you to interject. Just stop me. Yeah. So prior to the election, uh, let's focus around June when the George Floyd murder occurred. Yeah. And how profounds the effect on noticing voter suppression yeah did that make a big difference in your mind do you think um i feel like with the voter suppression it kind of the whole thing is is that it's so hypocritical because you'll see all the republicans go on about voter fraud and stuff like that when and talking about the democrats trying to cheat it when that's all the Republicans have been doing. Like, I mean, especially even with the mail-in ballots having to be counted afterwards, the Democrats were trying to get it passed in law that they would be counted at the same time earlier this year, but the Republicans blocked it because they didn't want... They knew... They, they, I'm pretty sure they had this planned all along. They didn't want the mail-in ballots to be counted at the same time because then it would show an even race at the start. Yep. Because it would just come in at the same time and they're going to end up being like a couple percent margins of each other either way. So if they came in at the same time, it would look like a tight race the whole time. But because of the mail-in ballots that being stopped, that's that's what happened. And that's voter suppression as well. That, that, that is a form of, you know, just trying to cheat the system. And the same with uh, they closed a whole bunch of polling stations and ballot stations in majority black areas. Yeah, especially like in that regard and, um, you know, with athletes such as LeBron starting initiatives such as More Than Vote and making um, making sure that polling stations were open in predominantly African-American neighbourhoods in the United States it meant that people didn't have to wait for hours on end to place their vote. And I yeah. think that was pretty critical. I'm pretty sure a lot of... I, I did hear that a lot of people still had to do that, but I'm pretty... Like, also, I've heard that that's what people just know as voting being in America. Waiting for hours. Waiting for literally, like, seven, eight hours. It's so Like, funny. that's it's what so they know it as. It's so funny. Uh, like, you know, thinking of how we vote. Like, you know, we rock up to a local school, dropping our vote, and then go and get a, like, you know, a fucking sausage yeah, afterwards and, like, get on with our day. But, yeah, to hear about Americans having to wait for hours on end just to cast their vote. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the descent to like close to fascism, really, that you see in America, like the fact that uh, the prime, the president is pretty much rejecting to leave office at the moment. And also he has been firing uh, people in, I think he fired the CIA chief. Or he fired one of the big... So the uh, Minister of Defence or something? He's starting to fire fire people because apparently he wants to take the ship down with him pretty much and fuck it up for Biden when he goes in. So, post-election, yeah. what did the results mean for us? For us? Um, basically, I feel like a lot of people, and, and I got this comment a little bit too when I was doing the post, but... um. 
some people might say, like, why are you so interested in the American election? How does it fucking affect us? Like, well, like, what are you going on about? Um, and the, f- the fact is, is that it does affect us. And sad, sadly to say, uh, everything that happens in America affects us, really. Everything because our pop culture is based on it with Hollywood and stuff like that. We're, we're mid, like our main pop culture is American pop culture. Really. Um, we do have Australianisms like mullets and beers and stuff like that, but you'll have your mullet in your beer and then you'll go sit down and watch an American show. Oh yeah, of course. So well, every so, time you go on Netflix, as so if there's things, watch. there's things like that and growing Trumpism can seep into pop culture and just accepting of like, just accepting of blatant racism and stuff like that, as well as just the news as well, covering Trump so much. Like, you know, Fox and Murdoch Media, same with Fox News over there, love to cover them heaps. It's growing that sentiment even here in Australia. There's like people with Trump flags and some shit. Um, so, yeah, it's just dangerous all around, um, can affect us. And on top of all of that, uh, Trump was ruining the American economy and that ruins our economy because we're based on, uh, the world is based on it. Uh, the global financial crisis was literally American fuck, American economy fucking up and the rest of the world went down with it, except for Australia. Oh, or their economic except model. Except for Australia. Is that what you're suggesting? Except their economic for Australia model? because of a Labour government. <laughs> it was, it was a Labour government and our, and our treasurer um, in the Labour government was on the front cover of Time magazine for being the only treasurer to get a country out of the GFC. And people want to say that the liberals are the better economic managers. Get fucked. (laughs) I think... So, yes, everything affects us. Yeah, so with what's transpired, you know, President-elect Biden wants to rejoin the Paris Agreement. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He said. I think he yeah. said that today. Um, what, and when did Trump leave it? As 79, 78 days ago? Uh, I mean, or not even. It? No, 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 no. I think it was literally, it was like 78 days into his presidency. Into his presidency. Sorry, it was my super, mistake. I, I mean, maybe. I, I, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was at the start of yeah. his presidency. He did the Muslim ban at the, like, literally first week. And he did, by the way, he did all of these things at the very start to hype up things, just seemed like he's getting shit done when, when, you know, it was just executive orders. I remember like traveling to Portland just after he was elected and it was wild though, rioters outside the airport based on this travel ban. It was mayhem. Oh, really? So, so there was, so you saw Trump supporters like all, all around? Uh, no, people, people protesting protesting the travel ban. Oh, the yeah. travel ban. Yeah, yeah. And they're like SWAT teams at the airport and wow. just like, yeah. That's always the craziest thing when you see, um, when you see, uh, when you see like policemen, like, I mean, Australians were just not used to having, seeing huge guns, um, just around like in fucking public. Like we're just not used to that. So like, I remember going to, I was in England during the Olympics and uh, that was fucking crazy at all the train stations and everything because of like the huge terrorist alerts Security, and stuff right? like yeah. that. They were just there with full kitted out like military M16 or whatever, like full assault rifles kitted out and stuff like that, um, which is just insane to see really. Like he's shocked. I think I got a photo with them, but yeah, no, it's uh, for an Australian who, you know, you might not see, you might see a shotgun at most from a farm or something like that. Um, but seeing like a full assault rifle is definitely like, like scary because you know, you could die in like two seconds. I mean, you can with a shotgun, but I, I, I think through, I don't know, like obviously being like a big Xbox guy and like playing Call of Duty for all these years before traveling to the States, it kind of almost like numbs your expectation of like the time that like, you know, your first time seeing someone with a, you know, yeah. an assault rifle. Yeah. But, like, over there, it's just so common. And, like, you know, being in, like, you know, the Midwest, such as, like, Colorado and Utah, yeah. it's a norm to, you know, having an AR in the back of your truck. Or, I mean, like, each their own. Did you say much of it when you were around in America, m- many guns? Yeah, dude. Um, so, like, one of, the, one of the people that we were traveling with, oh, like, that lived there but was riding at the mountain, 
her dad would drive her to the mountain every morning and like you know we were just curious like talking about gun control and all that yeah he was like oh i've got an ar in the back of my truck <laughs> and i was like no you're not what the fuck are you talking about as if you carry one with you anyway For shows protection. us to the truck <laughs> and it's like yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm not too sure. He didn't really specify the reason he had it. I yeah. think it was more for self, def- like you know, self defense, which is which is insane, wild. Like you can think. literally use a, a tiny caliber pistol, and that would be that would all you all you need for self defense. Like, but there's this. I feel like there's this huge thing in America with just like big dick energy as well. Where they think like just having an M16 is, you know, like you're not a little pussy with a little tiny gun. You know what I mean? Oh, well, maybe that maybe there is some compensation for little dick energy. Like, you I, know, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's compensation for the like actual <laughs> little, size little, of their little dick. Little dick energy, <laughs> but, big, big trucks but, and guns, man. But but I think as in as in it's more like it's emasculating if you have a tiny gun. You know what I mean? Like the, I feel like you know you're a guy. You have to have like a big gun in America. Oh, dude, I I'm pretty like, heard. Just, I, how, I, I how, heard Chappelle make a joke about it, about how if you use the tiny Chappelle, pit, or, or, or Bill Burr maybe, Bill Burr saying about all you need is like a little tiny twenty something caliber or whatever, and the and the guy at the store was like laughing at him or whatever, saying he's a little bitch or something for <laughs> using dude, a tiny you gun. You do not need a semi-auto. You yeah, just you don't just need don't. it. You don't. They're so uh, right. They're used in war for like, like killing many, many people at once. You do not need that. It might be fun, but that's your only argument. Like, it's not for protection. Like, you can use a different gun for protection. Like, I just don't. Like, I mean, I guess it's like you know what's transpired in the United States, especially with like the lack of gun control and school shootings. Like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to try think how they think and it's like well like you know i could go into a supermarket or i could go into a movie theater and possibly like you know lose my life yeah and if i don't have my gun with me then yeah i'm gonna lose my life but you know that's my only front of defense but the thinking behind that is so radical in a way that it's like what kind of state are you living in yeah i feel like I feel like with that kind of mindset, I feel like they totally oblivious of, because what they see is they just see the actions. So they'll still see people get shot. They'll see people get whatever. So they'll only think the only way they can action that is with another gun. More guns. (laughs) But what they don't realize is that if you just remove guns all in general, it makes guns super expensive to get like through black markets and stuff. People do not have easy access to them. People do not use them because they just run out of circulation and a lot of people hand them in. I mean, maybe not in the culture in America, but um, I think a good, a good spot that they could go from is India. And the Indian gun control laws uh, are actually really interesting with, um, they still have self-defense laws. So you're allowed to use a gun if so, like as long as you are using, uh, what do you call it? Like adequate, reaction like as in like you can't shoot someone who's coming at you with a stick they have to come out like if someone's running at you with a machete and they're right next to you and you have no chance like you're allowed to shoot them and you'll get off because it's obvious that it's self-defense yeah yeah of course but yeah any indication of malicious intent and it's just so so they have that in place and they still have guns that you can get but they have it so you can have a gun for self-defense if you have a reason. So this might be because you're a politician where people might be out to get you or something like that. If even if you're like a YouTube person exposing, I don't know, someone exposing people, uh, you know, hacking or something like that, and you might be in danger, um, you're allowed to have a, as long as you have a reason, which I think is a good stipulation that so you have a reason. So if someone hacks into your bank account, you're allowed to shoot them? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 no, it's as in like, it's as in like if you, if you have the profession where people would be after you for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that as in the hackers would be up because he's, you know, exposing hackers. Yeah. Um, it, it, like as in like if you have, if you actually have a threat to your life, then you should be able to have a gun. Where and also they do not allow any uh, other nations guns and they literally have like 13 set guns that people are allowed to use and they are tiny revolvers and stuff like that. Things that are not like, 
you know, a massive revolver that will like blow a chunk out of, or like, you know, cut it someone, you know, blow someone in half. Although we are like, you know, going down this rabbit hole, it's, um, I don't know. I think there's just too much of a marketplace for, you know, assault rifle, uh, you know, weaponry in the United States. I feel like it's it's a billion dollar industry. And it's so embedded in the culture. Yeah. Like that's the difference. Like, I feel like that's the massive thing. Like, I feel like if it wasn't as important to them and honestly, like the, it just seems like so silly to us to think they're that important because we literally don't give a shit about them over here. But, um, but yeah, I feel like that, that culture is the thing that like keeps it going. Yeah, in America. it keeps it thriving. And yeah. like, you know, it's like experiencing shooting a firearm firsthand is the craziest sensation. It's like a massive adrenaline rush. It's, because you know that one thing can kill someone instantly. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> like it's a deadly machine. Like, with. It's, it's passed around so it's lightly crazy. though like you know you go into a gun range like the like the people at the desk are like you know all chipper and everything yeah and as they hand you this like you know this weapon meant to kill 30 people yeah. at a time it's, like it's crazy yeah i think that's that's crazy um so yeah what 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 are you thinking um i'll move it on a little bit yeah. but with a uh, Post lockdown, we're just coming out of it in Melbourne. Um, what are you kind of thinking? What are you thinking of? What What are you gonna do to get back into the swing of things? So I've like one. I'm so happy that we're actually out and we can, you know, kind of resume normal life. Somewhat. COVID, COVID yeah. normal. Yeah. But yeah, I think that like you know, there's this kind of angst to get back out there right away. It's like, oh fuck, I've got to go out to dinner with like 30 different people like every day for the yeah. rest of the month. And it's like, Don't oh have the shit, money for that. dude, no, it's hurting my bank account. <laughs> but yeah, I think just, I think for me during this lockdown, it was like quite tough just not knowing the day to day or like you know, you wake up and do the exact same thing. And yeah, you know, obviously it weighed pretty heavy, but. I think now that like, you know, we are in this new COVID normal, people like can start seeing each other again and can really just boost morale of the state. And, you know, once we yeah. can travel, you know, oh, to different yeah. states. But yeah, how to travel. Yeah. But We're getting how, our pace. We're getting our pace. Oh yeah, dude, it'll be sick. But well. yeah, how about you? Like how how is your lockdown and what are you most excited to do next? Yeah, I mean, lockdown was like rough, but I feel like everyone kind of went through the same sort of thing. Just, you know, yeah, kind of just being alone and like not being no not a lot of human contact and it kind of sucked and it kind of sucked for everyone. But um yeah, so post lockdown coming out of it now, I mean, we're starting this podcast which is which is fun. Um and other than that, I mean, I've been working on uh on my mum's show about women in business and and uh and just kind of ready to see people, but I'm also not like rushing out there as well. Like I, like yeah, I've, I've I think I've only been out about four or five times in the in the two weeks now that we've been kind of loosened, and I think I even then it was only like a group of five or six people, and yeah. I think I think with how Victoria handled this lockdown, it's it's really weird to be in it than be out of it and seeing especially how Daniel Andrews yeah. handled the whole situation. I think, I think in it, he was up to his neck in hate. Yeah. And then oh. now post it's like, he killed it. He did an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, so like, I, I'm not too sure what to make of it. Yeah. How, like what's, what are your thoughts on how Daniel Andrews I think, handled this? Well, I think, I think he handled it perfectly. Um, and I feel like people would bring up maybe the hotel uh, security guards and stuff like that. But I would say the same as um, many other states. Uh, some states did use military and police for the hotel quarantine. But many other states also uh, did the same thing as Melbourne and hired uh, security. Um, and the problem is, is we just had some fucking slackers. Dude, we had people some, getting mad horny. <laughs> we, we, and and it, they were just like some shit security guards. And like, I don't think you can place that on one guy, especially 
Like, if you're going to try and complain that he is not, like, does not have enough integrity or does not, uh, you know, can't lead the the state through this or whatever, did you not just see the last fucking five months when he was, yeah, as you were saying, up up to up to his head and height, up to his head? Neck, close Up to his neck in, in height and stuff like that. Um... And yeah, he kind of he kind of just kept going, kept going, and um, and yeah, I was glad for what he was doing, and I feel like then again, uh, like most, I I heard a lot of people going, we don't actually need to to do this, or like the lockdown's more detrimental to mental health than what it could actually do to people and stuff like that. And that sentiment actually, I feel like, came from the Murdoch press. I I do. I feel like the people who didn't actually listen to that shit, if they instead listened to someone saying to them, hey, listen, we are all going through shit right now. I know a lot of people will be feeling depressed and anxious about all the news overseas in Australia, all of that, but everyone's going through the same thing. We have to rough it out all together. Uh, if you had that mentality, which I feel like I did and, and, and a lot of people also had, uh, you wrote it out. You wrote it out. And now you feel much better about it. It's been like eight days with zero cases. So Yeah, I think I think we're pretty close to hitting that two-week quota, actually. But I think, like, I agree with everything that you said. Like, during it, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And now here we are. He's, like, almost praising him for have it like for the outcome that we're in yeah, for the predicament. I, yeah. I think, think with the, with the curfews and how, you know, none of the police commissioners were coming out and saying like, Oh, like we didn't suggest this. It was, it was a lot oh, of finger pointing and like yeah. hearsay, but to have that placed upon the general public, not being able to leave your house past 8 PM. Oh, uh, I mean, do you think, do you think it kind of resembled a police state? Uh, no, uh, and and I think it was the right thing to do once again, uh, oh, uh, but to what, me. What, what were you going to do, though? You could, like, what, pick up food? Uh, so, delivery, and that was probably the the most responsible thing. And and I, I did leave the house after curfew a couple times in emergencies. If you needed to leave the house, you could leave the house, not to go get a fucking pack of smokes or something, but... To actually, like, I think uh, my dog had pulled his ACL and was, like, uh, crying in pain. So we went to the emergency vet in, uh, like, pretty much in the city. So I went, like, quite a far place at, like, midnight. And, uh, and yeah, so you're allowed to leave for actual actual things. But I do agree, like, you shouldn't be able to leave to go hang out with mates or... Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the only maybe thing to that is that you can't go and get food. But I mean, like that, like, oh, like, no, 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 like, yeah, like, do you have, is there any no, situations? No, no, like, I would like, or of course, like, you know, you weren't going to go out and do anything. But like, I, you know, I like look at where yeah. we're at now. Well, I think in the long run, the, like, you know, we're psyched with how we are. But like in the meet, like, you know, when people said like you can like when Daniel Landers announced that, yeah. like. Curfew, 8 p.m., yeah. no one out. I feel like, the, like you know, there was a common sense, uh, consensus that people felt like they were, you know, in a big brother state that you, like, couldn't, you know, well, a lot of your civil liberties were stripped. But, of course, with the, like, of course, with yeah. the pandemic, things needed to change. Yeah. In a, in a health crisis, things like that happen. Like, it, the thing is, is... Uh, it, it, you're only thinking that way if you think that this government has it out to get you or something like that, honestly. Because if you actually think retrospectively, um, like they're 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 not they're not there. And I mean, there was some, and I'm not a big fan of the police. Like, obviously, I'm not a big fan of the um, uh, police anywhere. It's racist in Australia and America everywhere. Um, but I think. The actual idea behind it, which was to stop people going from each other's houses at night, it yeah. was. And guess what? I think I think that was a big big reason why. And remember, he only put the curfew in. I think it was a couple of weeks after the lockdown had started. 
Yeah, it was it was sometime in mid-August. It's because we were already two or three weeks in and the numbers were still high. And that's because it, that's why they, they, they realized that they thought it was because, you know, people were just sneaking over to each other's houses and leaving in the car at night. So if you put a curfew on where no one was allowed out, uh, if before the curfew or whatever, police didn't know who to stop because you were allowed out. You're allowed to go get something if you were social distancing and you were going to actually get food or something uh, on your one shopping trip or whatever. You could technically do it that late at night. But the police wouldn't know who to stop who's doing the wrong thing, going to each other's houses and stuff. But if you put on a curfew where only the central people are out, there's not many people out and you can stop every single person and see where they're going. And I mean, I feel like it did actually stop a whole bunch of uh, people. And and I know of people who totally ignored that kind of stuff. But but the thing is, is that that curfew itself makes it extremely hard to even try and do it. You, you would have to stay at a person's house or whatever. All the people doing it were sneaking back like you know, sneaking back because if you were seen out, you're fucking done. You're getting well, yeah, a fine. Yeah, like, what are you going to say to the police? Fine. Like, I you mean, need the permit. But, but that's that's as well. It's like, I don't think it's a police state because you weren't going to get chucked in jail. Yeah. You're getting a fine. That's it. I was just like, just talking. It's a hefty uh, yeah. fine, but, but that's just to deter you. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you're not getting sent to jail and your freedom lost. Dude, I read some crazy stat the other day that like maybe... I don't know if it was a, for a specific month, but like, you know, they dished out over a hundred, mm. um, only a hundred, uh, they're about a hundred fines and only six were paid. So mm. it's like a comment, like just talking to a whole bunch of different people, that's how they felt yeah. about the curfew. But what you're saying is absolutely right. Like look yeah. at where we're at now. The police yeah. know who to stop, who to question. Yeah their reasons for being out of the house. And, and and also all the people who do get fined, I feel like there are some cases where it's bad and especially the numbers I heard with disproportionately uh, African, Australian and Aboriginal people uh, getting like disproportionate amount of fines, which is going back to where our police are still racist and everything in Australia still. Um but I think in general, like a lot of the people who are fined, especially over the east side and stuff where, you know, people have a little bit more money, uh, a bit deeper in the east. Um, like people getting fined, there were p people getting fined over there and stuff like that. And you know what? If you're not wearing a mask or you're uh, going out to people's houses and stuff like that and you get fined, good, fuck you. Well, I was Honestly, they're just selfish people because everyone had to go through living hell and just because you think that you can go out and, uh, you know, you want your one free stress night of fun or whatever. So you get really fucked up. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like everyone had to just deal with it. Everyone had to deal with it. And the few people who are like, no, I need it for myself, my mental health. It's like everyone else is going through heaps of mental health problems and stuff like that. I know that you're going through a tough time. But it's like you're just being selfish. Everyone else has to deal with it. It was, it was. So get that fun. It was, it was very cool to see, like you know, just towards the end of the second lockdown, how much people kind of conformed to the idea of we need to actually be proactive about staying inside, making sure that we're yeah. very safe. You know, only doing that one trip to the supermarket, not breaking that five kilometer rule, not breaking that twenty five kilometer rule once it was obviously yeah. extended and now it's gone but yeah i for the last couple of weeks there it's like seemed that like you know numbers were decreasing rapidly people wanted to get out they wanted to be out the you know yeah. they were staying true to the cause and they saw all the hard work and sacrifice that they were putting in was actually working yeah so i think you know everyone's hard work and diligence to you know upholding what the what the government did is working and it's going to pay off in the long run until we do get a vaccine. Yeah, and if you actually think about it, if you actually, I feel like if you actually looked at things kind of logically and actually use kind of a more common sense headspace or whatever, I feel like all the actions that they did were correct. And if you were thinking that they were correct at the time, you know, you uh, like I didn't really have a too much of an irritable. It, like it was, it was kind of a maybe a depressing time at some times and stuff like that, like many people probably would have through lockdown. But it was never like I was never irritated at what the government was doing or whatever. I was never living in 
anger and irritation, which some people were, which is crazy to me because you're just adding stress on top of an already shitty situation. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... As um, well, as well as being wrong. That, well, like, yeah, like, uh, like my family, like, you know, other, like, many like other families in Victoria had that resentment towards Daniel's government. Mm. And, you know, at, like, you know, you can only hate for so long and realize, oh, fuck, like, all this hate isn't changing anything. Yeah, so 100%. I think that, like, you know, everyone just kind of got on with it as shitty as it was. Yeah, got was, on with it. And now, and now look at us. We can all go out and it's been multiple, multiple days with zero cases, which is good. I had a little bit of a fright from that Melbourne Cup weekend, seeing, seeing like a hundred people at the beach and stuff. Yeah, loose, right? People no, on St. Kilda Beach. With no masks on and <laughs> Dude, stuff like that. it's so whack. It was like, it was like when, when, when I'm meeting up with people, it's like four or five people because if someone catches it or something like that, you know, you have it contained, you know who it is. I mean, if you go on to a beach with a hundred fucking people with no masks, and stuff and you're all close up together like i mean it ain't responsible and if anyone catches it then everyone's got it that's a hundred people bang and also also some people would be asymptomatic and wouldn't even know that wouldn't even get the info that there was a, a little uh coronavirus outbreak there so i mean it's just dangerous when people are doing that so i feel like if you are going out have some fun go get some beers or whatever but just keep it to like you know, a group of people and when you're off the table or you're standing around people you don't know, chuck on your fucking mask and then, you know, you'll be good. Dude, what's the, what's the vibe post-lockdown though? Are you, like, what are, like, did you go out and eat? What, you, what spots do you want to get to in the um, coming weeks? I'm kind of, I'm definitely looking forward to doing a trip in maybe interstate but probably out of state as well. But I uh, just need to get car stuff done first. Um, but yeah, with other than that, I mean, not too much. I just want to go catch up with some mates and yeah, that's really it. Not too much, not too much with the post lockdown stuff. I was like, yeah, Nothing I was, planned. I was, wing it. yeah, dude, I was thrilled. I was like going out and eating at all these spots. Like, yeah, like I said earlier, it's like obviously having the bank account, but so good to actually just be out with people again, responsibly, yeah. socially yeah. distanced. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's almost like a luxury to be able to sit down and eat at a restaurant. Oh yeah, and even going to your pool like that was just sick. Like I haven't been in a pool or like a body of water. Like I mean, I've been, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the bath or the shower, but like as in uh, uh, like an actual pool Dude. or whatever. Like I, what I meant is a pool or the beach. Like yeah, I haven't been yeah, to yeah. the pool or the beach in months and months and months and. It was so good to just get out there. Also, we missed our nearly entire summer when we were in Barcelona. So uh, I feel like I've I honestly feel like it's been winter for the full year. Oh. And now and now we're going into the first summer, really. Amen. There was some hot days like at the end of last year, but I don't remember the proper end of December, January kind of summertime. You know, we missed all of that. And like especially being out like pre-covid like you know like obviously we went to spain after we finished up with school for a couple yeah. of weeks and then you went on to the uk yeah and you then went to germany yeah like germany and then like you know onto a lot of eastern europe we we're so lucky to get out there before lockdown oh dude it was loose though so like we were supposed to go to italy and it was all starting to close up and i think you know another three days and like thank well you know Thankfully, I broke my collarbone and I was able to get my flight back to Oz before everything shut down. It's kind of a it's kind of a lose win. It's like broke my collarbone, but I actually got out before the fucking lockdown. Dude, Imagine if my, you were stuck in Europe the whole year, bro. That would oh, be oh. I feel so sorry for those. Especially people in who, a country that you yeah. don't know the language as well. Oh, I would not want to. Uh, actually, no. Like if you prop, got stuck prop, in Italy, prop, yeah. Like you wouldn't know. Like and you'd be there like living for months. Yeah. Prop, oh. Props to everyone in Serbia, but I don't, I don't know if that would have been super ideal for for myself. Yeah, for, for, for the next eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was like so weird looking at it at the start of the year and it was like, oh, like, you know, the container, it's no biggie. Like, you know, it was yeah. just like sad to figure it out. Yeah. And then it's like spreading everywhere. But like, yeah, here we are. Are you, are you looking forward to the new NBA? Oh, NBA so season? Psyched. It's coming yeah. back. What is it? Let's, December? Let, yeah. Let's, let's pivot a little bit. We're so pivoting. 
Yeah, we're, the, in, the we're in the pivot. We're in, we're in the, we're in the um, we're in basketball, but man. But dude, so we, so like, yeah, the Xbox. Is it December? But NBA is coming back December, what, 13th, is it? Dude, or somewhere oh, around no, there? Oh, no, December 22nd, pre-Christmas. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Is this turn I think it was 72 days from the game six of the finals. So just for context, we are pivoting. Yeah. Pivoting hard towards the new NBA season, which is coming up. Yeah. December so 22nd. The, the Players Union and the NBA have agreed to restart the season on December 22nd. Ring night will be on December 22nd. What, what? Yeah. So I think with this season, the turnaround, all things considered, who do you think is in the top five? Oh, top five. Um. Okay. So I'm... See, also, we haven't really gone through the whole offseason, but do, so should I do with... I, th- I think I think just project, I, I, I just project, project I just now. Project. project what you're um, thinking now on the spot. So number one, I would put Lakers just because they were uh, Champs, man. You gotta they're give the champs, them their props. The champs. I have to give them props and, and favorites. I would put Clippers, but I don't know what's happening in the offseason. Um, because they need some changes. Uh, Dude, I, I've I've got I've got a hot take. Um, so like wait, finish wait, up the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'll have to you'll have to whip it out. Um, <laughs> the okay. So second, second, I would be Clippers. Um, I just still think Kawhi is a goat. Um, they need to get rid of Paul George though. Um, and then, but they can get something good for Paul George. That's the thing. They can get something good. And they don't need too much. It's Kawhi. You just need to add someone who's not going to, uh, well, what is it? Uh, not show up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he needs to hit his shots um, <laughs> And then third, I'm going to go Dallas. Because Dal- of Luka. Oh, dead Luka. I'm going to say Dallas because... Luca and Porzingis, both of them. I mean, I- I- injuries are a bit iffy with Porzingis, but it, when they're both playing really well, like I, Porzingis is one of the best shooters in the league. He's um, pretty incredible for his size and his ability. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best shooters because of his size as well, just because no one can really... He's like Kevin Durant. No one I th- can block I him. I think Dallas is looking to move him. Yeah, I mean, if they can get good pieces for him, if they can get some good pieces for him, as well as if they could get, like, that Chris Paul trade done, or if they could get any of that kind of stuff done, then they're looking really good for next season. And just because Luca will have an MVP sort of season. Oh, dude, the I, man is going to average a 30-point triple-double. I'll hype train that motherfucker all day. I think he is going to do so well in the NBA. I think he's going to get multiple MVPs. I'm just going to... My knees are hurting right now from, uh, from, uh, <laughs> from sucking him off too much. Dude, you're adding his dick, but, but um, obvi- obviously moving forward, this guy is a big Dallas guy. So be yeah, prepared to hear, hear a lot more about Luca and yeah, KP. Yeah, no, I love Luca. Um, he's a boss though. He's just technically brilliant. So yeah, he's just, you know, and that, that's kind of an ageless, ageless thing too. You can kind of... If you just got the technique down, you can kind of go on for, for quite a long time. Um, and then fourth, I'm just, I'll, I'm thinking what comes to mind straight away is like Nuggets. The Nuggets are very good. They're a good up and coming team. Boston, Sixers. I mean, Sixers with Doc Rivers. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not, I, 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 they're, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not fourth. They're not fourth. I'm not buying. I'd put them sixth. Sixes, yeah, I'd put them just out of the top five. I think it could happen. I think that I think I think we haven't seen a a good coach with. I mean, I don't want to put anything against uh, Brett Brown. Did, Brett, Brett Brown. Brown did. He's still good, uh, but okay, Joe. But, but he's not the kind of guy to like whip someone into shape. You know what I mean? Whip some superstars into shape. Where Doc Rivers has the credentials. Where it's like, like if you're a Ben Simmons or something, and you know your top shit. I don't think even him can like really like say something back to Doc Rivers. Like as in, I think in his mind he knows Doc Rivers has achieved so much and is so great. He'll listen to him. Where with Brett Brown, he didn't really achieve too he, much. He would like Brett wouldn't pull Ben out for not shooting. Yeah, however and I feel, Doc would. I feel like Doc will be like, if you don't shoot two shots from the three point line a game, 
then uh, if you don't shoot it, no, if you don't shoot two shots before like halftime, you're out for the rest of the game or something mm-hmm. like that. Like he will do it. Like I feel like Doc's kind of that guy. Um, he didn't really do it with Paul George and see, and, and some people would say, oh, if he doesn't do it with him, then why, why with Ben Simmons? But I, I would just say that the reason why he, he kept Paul George out there and stuff like that was because they did have aspirations to win the championship that year so it wasn't like he could just pull paul george out of a fucking game he's still an all-star um and he was top three mvp the season before uh but he didn't play like that in the playoffs but um oh sorry yeah no no stress just like we'll finish off your point um but yeah i was just saying as in like uh I think there's a difference there because they had aspirations and they needed Paul George and stuff like that. But I feel like Doc Rivers would be even fine with going a season next season with saying, you know, we're not going to win a championship next year, but let's just sort out what our mentality is, what we're going to focus on being like. Are we going to be a ground and pound with our big guys, with Ben and and Embiid and stuff? Or are we going to turn into like a Giannis team where it's like you have Ben running down the court and just passing to shooters? Are you like, what's the identity of the team going to be? Is it going to be like a Stockton Malone thing where it's Ben Simmons just throwing it into Embiid down in the low post? I don't think, I don't think, I I think the identity of their team is really broken at the moment. Yeah. They don't know it's, if... They, do they want Embiid to post up and Ben to play the shooter or do they want Ben to play, you know... The dunker spot. A, like Yeah, like a point forward. Yeah, point forward. But he can't shoot. So they have to play him at the dunker spot and Embiid has to, like, you know... Yes, yeah, he's, he's not a bad three point shooter, but he's not a high I mean, but octane three point shooter. And, and his dominant skill set is in the yeah. post. Like yeah. that's where he can dominate, not yeah. in the three point line. He's not like a Carl Anthony Towns or anything like that with no. his three point shot he's, for a big he's man. Like insane. Anyways, but what, what's your top five just so we can. Okay, so yeah, so Lakers, Clippers, Dallas. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Nuggets. Yep. And my fifth team is going to be, I just don't want to forget anyone. Um, who's in the, I'll probably say Boston. Boston five. Boston five. I like Boston's upside. I What's think, yours? Okay. Give me your rundown. So obviously you have to give the Lakers due. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. their, their respect. They killed it in the bubble. They were just mentally stronger than every other team. But Miami did a fantastic job. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And Bam, you know, considering Bam and Drogic were, you know, injured, Drogic didn't play. So the Lakers are first. I'm buying stock in the Nets. I think Kyrie and KD I, are going to mash real well. You didn't tell me, you didn't remind me of them. So, you didn't, I, dude, I, I, wanted, I wanted it all to myself. You wanted it all they're, to yourself. They're going to be something else. Um, I was <laughs> watching the No Chill Gill mm, podcast with... I think uh, it's in, miss. Huh? I think it's hit and miss. Hit or miss? Yeah, hit or miss. No, the No Chill Gill podcast? Nets. Nets. Oh, it's a Met. Oh, what do you mean? Nets, Nets themselves are hit or miss. I think, I think so. I think Kyrie's the question mark. Dude, Ky- You're never going to question mark Kevin Durant, but Kyrie's the question mark. Um, yeah, dude. I think... Um, so according to this report from Gilbert Arenas, he said that Kevin Durant was in the gym playing 5v5, looking as dominant as ever. I think... For his style of play, of course, the Achilles is a terrible injury for any athlete. But the type of game he he's he a has, he doesn't rely on athleticism. No. Of course, he's smooth. He plays like a guard. It's incredible. He's the best scorer to you know yeah. play the game. Really, it's, it's shooting and size. Like he, yeah. the 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 injury's not changing how tall he is. The no. reason why he can shoot over everyone he, is he's he, seven foot. Yeah, like, dude. He his release is an eight foot. Like it's. Yeah. It's at eight feet. He's okay. releasing the ball. Who's going to be able to guard that? Really? Exactly. Exactly. And also, he's he's too nimble for you to assign a center onto. So I think just the pairing of Kyrie and KD, and they'll figure out the rest of their roster. I think yeah. um, DeAndre I Jordan, think, Jared Allen is going to be looking for yeah, that Jared little Allen's exception good. from the ten to twelve million mark. So I think if they can have those two on as a core defensive big team, just like the Lakers, because they've got that size of Dwight yeah. and JaVale, if they decide to bring them back. Uh, my third team, 
Uh, I, I do want to stop you though. Yeah. I, I I was just going to say, don't you think there's a question mark with uh, Kyrie Irving and just on how the last couple teams has been to has imploded the locker room? I think having KD there, I, I think just having that other, not necessarily alpha figure, yeah. but he's gonna he's gonna he, they're there to accomplish a mission. But also, I would say the same thing happened with LeBron where after all, I feel like after a while of Kevin Durant not getting the limelight, he kind of, you know, implodes the locker room. I, and I think it could, I think there is still a chance that, you know, you get halfway through the year and all they're talking about on a, uh, you know, they might be 30 and one or something into the year mm-hmm. just going off. And if Kevin Durant's getting all the praise, I don't I think I think uh, Kyrie might start making some problems. I I think I, I like I know the chemistry problems like I know, like I feel exactly like it's as big as a question Boston. mark as an injury. Like honestly, it's the the ACL is like a question mark, right? Or that people would yeah. normally put a question mark on. I think Kyrie imploding the locker is it could happen at any time. You do, and and that's the thing. There there is that thing where it's like KD's there Kyrie's obviously going to know that KD's better than him, so he's going to listen to him, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, and I just wanted to kind of be devil's advocate, and because yeah. because even you know that, there's that slight chance that I, Kyrie I, could just... I, I, I agree with you, Kyrie's past. Like, I, I think the media honestly overhyped a lot of what happened in Boston. I think he was just injured the majority of the time. He didn't get to play. Gordon Hayward, you yeah. know, was never the same. And yeah, he missed that's the, the season. Big, that's a big and T- Tatum and Brown were, you know, ascending stars. And like, you know, look at them now. Tatum's killing it. Brown's yeah. killing it. Um, so yeah, I think and I think Marcus you're right. Smart. They're, they're all. Yeah, they're, Marcus they're, Smart's Marcus Smart's nice, but I think was one this, of the best defensive players. In, in, yeah, in, in what he made first team all defense this year. I don't know if he did, but he should have. Yeah, but um, I think with the support stuff as well with Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. But um, to move on, I think the Clippers might make a bit of a dip. I think they'll they'll make sorry they'll make a splash this year. I think Kawhi needs a point guard. He really does. Yeah. I don't know if that's CP three. I don't think so. I, I think he played pretty well at point guard, but it's just like like I think he did pretty well for being put in that position. But he, I don't think he would prefer to be in that position. No, 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 no. He's he's a he's a scorer. Yeah, before a facilitator, and I think. Paul George, as spotty as he has been in the playoffs, playoff P, mm. I think... He him, did show some glimpses. Of- yeah, I think um, just with everything that transpired in the bubble as well, um, I don't think he is. He wasn't himself, reportedly. Yeah. And he struggled with, you know, anxiety and, you know... I, I, I have no doubt that it would have been a really tough environment not having your family I, there with you for that long. I think a lot of thing in the team as well was that there was that sense of arrogance on the bench as well of just like, and you could see in Kawhi the kind of, you could see that attitude in Kawhi during the playoffs where I was watched every game, but you could see where he was kind of like, shut the fuck up and play the game a yeah. little bit at some points because they were like going off and like, or like, you know, you're only in the second quarter and they're talking like mad stuff to the bench or something oh, yeah. like that. When and they're playing see, the Blazers and, and you'll see Kawhi and he'll yeah. just be like, let's just play the game. Like, that's what he looks like. Like, as in like, like, and even I think after he won that second series narrowly, or was it the first series narrowly? Um, he said, he, you know, he wasn't celebrating. He was like, you know, we're on to the next one or whatever. And then you got people like, uh, I, I think just that that whole Pat Bev bench. I mean, I think they're all brilliant players and Montrez yeah. Harrell and stuff. It's just because they had Kawhi on the team, they kind of had this arrogance like thing. And and I think that kind of that kind of uh, we're gonna win it kind of attitude kind of fucked them up when they went against Denver when they were like like it shown it showed against Denver where Denver just wanted it more. That's why yeah. they won all those yeah, games yeah. They, against them. The, the you know reportedly there are chemistry issues about the treatment of Kawhi and Paul George with load management and then you know Lemon Pepper Lou happened yeah and yeah, then like yeah, he d- he just didn't play well in the playoffs 
I mean, and he, yeah, like, and yeah, he probably wanted a, to do way better, and, and he's a bucket. Yeah, but like, he wasn't in the playoffs. Well, yeah, Lou was the the. They always said like to win, they're gonna need like three thirty point scorers, like that could drop thirty on a night. And Lou was that during the regular season. He was a the guy then, off the bench, and and yeah. uh, but then in in the playoffs or whatever, uh, it could be maybe no crowd, maybe for Lou Will, maybe he, he thrives off the crowd a little, but um, but. Yeah, without having that extra scoring, it really... And then, especially that on top of Paul George not showing showing up some games. Yeah. Like, the games Kawhi was putting up were, like, crazy numbers because he was just doing everything himself. Dude, they were just thrown for a loop in Game 7 against the Clippers. Oh, no, against the Nuggets. So, you know, Kawhi only had 14 points, Paul George 13 yeah. Yeah. You know, terrible. It was a terrible last yeah, game. Terrible but, last uh, game. And, and Denver just had it. And and I literally think that game was a give up. Yeah, I like they were just done at that point. I think I honestly think Kawhi Kawhi saw how the team were reacting to the games earlier in the series and just thought we're not going to make it, so I'm just going to end it here. I I I wouldn't say he quit. I'd say Because if you look at the He was you, trying to will them and you know the it, 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 just, it just wasn't it just wasn't there yeah like you know Montrez. I think it was more exhausting because if you actually look at the playoffs last last season, he didn't really have a bad game. He was scoring thirty plus every single night. He had a better scoring uh, playoff season last year than Michael Jordan did. Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. He had, no. The, he had one yeah, of the best playoffs the, runs of, like, of all um, time. I think it tied or maybe beat yeah. for the most 30-point games. Yeah, no, it was consistent, yeah. like, yeah. the whole way through, and he averaged over, like, 30, uh, 40 points in the yeah. in the finals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Like, he, he was consistent. So when I th- see things like that after a stretch of games where his team kind of gave up during those games, when yeah. and some of those games when when his team gave up, he was the only one continuing to score. So when it came to those games at the end there and he saw his team once again, maybe not like trying their hardest. I think he kind of was just like, fuck it. Yeah. I think he was exhausted. He was exhausted as well. Yeah. Like he was exhausted of just doing everything. Like it's like, he, and probably exhausted of like, you don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, yelling at your team or whatever, or like, you don't want to be that guy that's frustrated at your teammates all the time and like he's just always yammering on about it the, so i think it just it gets exhausting after a while the, you know? the one criticism that i do have of Kawhi though is he isn't a very vocal leader and that's like i i don't want to spend like too much time yeah, like uh, but like yeah they just need a they need like a cp3 type vibe yeah but uh, like, yeah i yeah. think that would be cool i mean also i don't think that there's different types of leaders and i think Kawhi does it more in uh in experience and uh just doing it i i legitimately think in in toronto when i was watching or every i watched every game like live or whatever with the toronto because i you know i'm a big fan of Kawhi. um and if you actually watched the games the bench and like freddie and all those like would wouldn't be starting off well but because Kawhi was consistent in just getting the shots up you just get your team into the swing of it because if if you ever remember being in like pickup games or like Sunday league, anything in sports, you know that moment where the other team scores or something and there's that moment where like everyone drops their heads. Yeah. If you have someone like Kawhi who's still just dropping buckets for you, getting you, keeping you in the game, you, you're not having that dropping the head moment. And I feel like that's what happened in this Clippers one. Because, yeah, the, they just, just the their shot heads. selection and it's like Kawhi's, yeah, I think they just dropped the ball completely. I think, I think yeah, it was just team chemistry. They should have played more together with the team management throughout the year. They should have played more together. I think they've played for the first time as a full squad in the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll speed it up a little bit. So yeah. I'm probably buying a bit too high on Miami. Yeah, I really like what they have, and I think moving forward, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I don't know if they'll be used to trade for Giannis. Who knows? But I'm probably buying a bit too high. But I really like what Jimmy and Bam yeah. did, and hopefully they keep Dragic on for next year. Yeah, they just they, they, there's just something missing. Yeah, there is something missing, and that's there's why Giannis missing. is gonna come. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no, Giannis isn't leaving. Dude, apparently I heard like um I was. I can't remember whose podcast, but it was reported that if Giannis left Milwaukee, 
to sign the Supermax somewhere else, he'd be giving up $85 million. Yeah, no, I, I feel like he should do a one plus one, though. With you can the, still with, do the Supermax after the one. Yeah. With well, the player option, play yeah. option. Um, you can still go for it. It's just... I feel like going for that one plus one player or something like that where you have or an option of a contract contract extension afterwards, just going for like a one year short term is you still have the next, uh, you still have your fate on the, the necks of uh, um, the executives. You oh know? yeah. I'd hate to be the organization waiting like, for Giannis. Because, because, because you see so many times uh, someone signs a five-year supermax or whatever when they're at a small, t- a small, uh, what you call it, l- a small market uh, team. Yeah, and they just go, oh, we got ticket sales for the next five years, and then they don't bother trying to go for anything. Yeah, exactly. They if need, you keep they need it on to build that around one year, them. if you keep that on the one year, and, and Giannis goes, show me what you can do in making this team better, and and just do the one year, then I think that's what he. I, I think that's honestly what he should do instead. Yeah, I'm. I'm. So I think just to move on to the fifth, and I think this pick is a little bit too low. I think they might, you know, exceed the Heat and the Clippers, but I think the Warriors this year, I think if they pick Wiseman in the draft, Steph and Clay are yeah. going to come back strong. Wiggins could be, who knows? I yeah. think he could be a really good um, proponent of the offense that they have there. But yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic season. I'm really hyped. We kind of went hard on this topic. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, maybe if we do something next week on the draft and how that's going to affect the agency yeah, and all that. Yeah. And uh, we'll, co- we'll cover other things as well. Like, obviously, we, we don't, we want to make this clear that it's not just like a basketball podcast. Obviously, we spoke about the election for quite a while. It's kind of just going to be a mixture of everything we can kind of talk our asses off for a while about. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll just. Just going over at the end here, we'll just, we'll just talk about like what this podcast is and what, what, what we're planning on doing with it. Well, I think um, it actually really give our audience some insight about what you want out of this podcast and then I'll, I'll kind of say what I want to get out of it. All right. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I feel like, well, I think a lot of people, if they actually know me, they know I talk a fucking lot and I don't stop talking. So I think podcasts are perfect for that, really. Um, There's space just, where you can ramble on. Yeah, I can just ramble on forever. I don't. I, I honestly have so much going on in my head that I, I have so much to talk about. Um, normally too much, but in podcast sense, it's not too much. Um, and other than that, I kind of want to learn some, some new things and get some interesting people on. Um, and you know, I like debating things. I like learning new things and, 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 and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you- yeah. I think what I want out of like, you know, I want to create a space, a community almost where, you know, we, it's like, not all of us are experts on specific things. Yeah. We're weakened warriors in regards to knowledge and they can always stand to learn more. I think it could be a really good venture for like, you know, Jake and myself moving forward. It's like, we've always wanted to do something like this and trying to diversify it and talk about like a plethora of different topics each week and bringing on really interesting people from all walks and industries and just getting to know one another post this lockdown. Yeah. And also have, uh, I mean, we're, we're young and stuff. And I mean, there's heaps of young people all over the internet nowadays on YouTube and stuff like that. But I feel like um, our viewpoints and stuff like that are, are, are a bit different and, and, and honestly a bit more reasonable and also a bit more close to home. I mean, like we're not some millionaires sitting in in uh, in castles or whatever, like, you know, uh, David Dobrik and stuff. I mean, they're great people, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, we can touch on things a bit closer to home that like regular people are going through. Like, I think, yeah, we're planning on all of us moving out and, you know, stuff, stuff like that soon, things that other people will be going through. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll ramble on about fucking rental prices and stuff soon enough. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad to kind of get our voices out there and, um, I will, for people who, l- like, let us know as well, like, what you like us covering as well. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to go on about like what you want to get out of it, Hardy. Yeah. So I think it, of course, like trying to differ ourselves and like, you know, of course it's such a, it's, I don't even know what to make of like, I've always wanted to do a podcast and I was like, oh fuck, I want to make it good. I want to make it like interesting for people to listen to and come back every week. And, you know, I think for me, it's just like, this is a completely new thing for me. I'm yeah. really excited about the people that we'll like have on and like, you know, the conversations that will be had and, you know, hopefully we can break down some barriers and like, you know, talk, talk about new concepts yeah, and, and teach people things. I, I, just to add on to that, like, I feel like present, this will help pres with presenting just yeah. in general as well. Um, just learning how to talk to people. I feel like we're going to get better and better with this. Um, this is, uh, a, with this the, is the with first the more more recording. Yeah, this, this is, is our the, first take, guys. This is guys. our first take. Okay. So, yeah, let us know if you like it and what you like us talking about, if you like the sports, if you like the politics, uh, if you like us just talking about what's going on in life with lockdown and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of here to, to learn and to, to talk shit. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening for this first episode on a new adventure that we've just embarked on. And we really look forward to bringing you guys new content every week. Yeah, and uh, if you enjoy this kind of stuff, uh, if you enjoy this episode, then um, please like, uh, please follow our podcast, um, and just so you'll get updated when we when we post new ones. And uh, yeah, this has been the Casuals. Awesome, good stuff, man.